from what you were saying, you're flying through these stars. Did it seem like space? Yeah, it seemed like space. It was uh, like a black purple background and they were lined up, you know, going on forever. And there are these big balls of color and emotion and almost a musical flow. And it was a welcoming. It was, I was parading through them and they were just showering me with this uh, love. And I was super stoked. And, you know, I was, like I said, how did I, how was I tricked so completely that I was this dude in this, you know, skin suit uh, down there in that place, you know, with all those heavy, all those heavy, heavy emotions. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Soul Inspired. Today, I have Mr. Bill Letson. He is a retired fire captain and has a remarkable near-death experience that I've wanted to talk with him since I started this podcast. And here he is. So first of all, honestly, thanks for coming on here. And uh, I've been so excited to have you on here. Um, and I'll tell you why. So one of the questions I was going to ask you is, when did you first start? When did you first put your story out to the world? When was that? Um, when, when I first, um, you know, in my NDE was in 94. And when I first came back, you know, I lit it up. I told everybody because it was super cool news. But it wasn't, you know, it didn't, it's not like now. It was, I sounded like a wacko. Um, I probably still do. But yeah, I told everybody and I was a, a fireman and I was, you know, on the promotional list and uh, I kind of got the word, you know, um, around the back door uh, to, you know, tone it down. You sound like a weirdo. And I, and I got it, you know, fire department, that's like a, um role model you know for um social role model and you gotta get yourself squared away so right yeah i i um i buttoned it up uh, for about 15 years and if if somebody and everybody knew uh even the young guys knew about this you know story that i um went through and if somebody was going through something and they wanted to talk i you know i poured it out but I didn't, you know, I didn't offer it. How's that? I didn't right. offer it. And I, and I didn't get in discussions with, uh, to discussions with the religious guys, um, you know, in the station and stuff. And in 2010, I retired. And then I had a couple of years there of bliss as a retiree, just um, playing in bands and riding bikes and swimming and, um, and then I read this book, um, DMT, The Spirit Molecule. And in that book uh, by Dr. Rick Straussman, he did a study at the University of New Mexico. And he gave his 70 volunteers uh, DMT, which created a near-death experience. And his volunteers were seeing the same thing I saw. And that just that freaked me out. I was like... I mean, I had to drop that book and walk around for a week and sort it out and say, okay, this is, you know, significant. And 
and then I was drawn to travel and speak to shamans and you know ancient knowledge of what did what did the Egyptians know about the afterlife, which is quite a bit. And um, you know, all those ancient advanced civilizations, they knew things that we don't know. Right. And um so yeah, it all started coming together. And then somebody asked me around uh, 2017 to tell my story at a IONS meeting. And, you know, I was really, really kind of worried about that. I thought, this is crazy. I'm going to talk to 200 people and tell this crazy story. But it went really well. People, those kind of people are looking for those, you know, stories. And yep. And then I was just on the road, you know, as, uh, you know, going to all these different IONS meetings and giving a presentation. And it was, they'd sit there with their mouths open <laughs> after, you know, I'd go up to the Bay Area or back east or something. And uh, and they knew I was, you know, I was genuine. I was uh, authentic. I was sincere. Right. And they also knew that I couldn't be too weird because I, you know, retired as a captain in the fire department. and so it was it was cool and, and then you know the whole COVID thing happened and then the podcast thing started we all started learning it a few years ago and then the last year uh something has um has happened the last year um you know the secrets are no longer going to be hidden um mm. they're they're coming out and Things are rocking and rolling. In the last year, year and a half, it's gone, you know, viral. The whole, mm-hmm. the whole thing, the whole NDE and and what's life about. This is right. Oh, absolutely. I think it's I think as technology is is just emerging more and more, it's getting around more. Um, thank you for sharing that. Because the reason the reason I had originally asked you about when you first put the story out there. And I think you said 2017 was through IONS. Um, we don't know each other, which is what's even cooler about this. And, uh, but I'll tell you, um, when I was around 17 years old, I was going through some real anxieties in my life, some real just down times, you know, like near the end of high school, confused about what am I doing here? Like and a lot of anxiety, uh, dealing with a lot of different ailments because of the anxiety. And it would lead me to a fear of death. And it, it just kept going on this. I just kept getting more scared and scared of dying. And, um, to a point where I was, I, I I couldn't really function. Um, and I had to turn to what I would call my, uh, a spiritual, um, you know, journey at that point, because I thought there's what else do I do? It's nothing else is fixing what's going on. So started talking to, psychics and different things like that trying to understand what all this meant what was going on and so it was very early on you know um that i got into ndes because i was only around 18 or 19 and i started getting books on it Uh, i thought well there's got to be some people who've died and come back has anything happened and of course and then my mind just you know i was like whoa this is actually this does happen and i will say for me, and this is why this is so important, these podcast episodes, for me at that time, it is what gave me hope uh, to come out of that despair I was in 
and to say, I got to live because I think I've got some kind of purpose here. And then that led me to my music career and the great things I've done and hopefully more great things on the way and the impacts I've had on the world with coaching and all these different things. The reason you come, you came to mind right away when I started this, uh, I'm only nine episodes in. So that's why I feel very grateful that you've jumped on. Um, But the reason I reached out to you was because when, for whatever reason, you were one of the first people that on the, in the online world that I saw a video about, not one of the first, but one of the first ones that really, for some reason, it just, I'd heard all kinds of NDEs before, but your story for some reason grabbed a hold of me a little stronger. Um, okay. And so, and then the, the funny part is I, I know you, you have videos all over the place at this point <laughs> and, 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 you know, I've talked to quite a few people now and I've got a lot of people lined up to do podcast episodes with, and I decided to not binge watch your stuff. I decided I want to talk to you from soul to soul today. I'm like, I have my questions. I have my things I want to ask you. But so I really, you know, I'm really grateful you came on, but you, you, your story did speak to me. Okay. Um, I w- wanted to ask you though, and I'm sure you've answered some of these questions before, but before you had the experience, you said, what year did you say it was in 94? I think you said it was 94. Yeah. 94. Um, before 94, you know, leading up to that experience, what was your day-to-day life like at that time? Who was Bill Letson at that time? I was a fireman. I was completely uh, devoted to that career, that job. My my wife would say, you know, we'd go out to dinner or something and she'd say, are you ever off duty? Uh, because I'd be looking for the exits and, you know, is that guy choking over there? And, and I, and I'd be like, no, I'm not. This is a, this is, you know, this is like a service to humanity and I take it serious. And, um, so yeah, I was a I was a fireman, and like on my days off, uh, I would go to classes or go to training, and you know I, it, that was normal. I had surfing, and I worked out a lot. I was one of those wackos. I had way too much energy. Um, Ironmans, so all that that went on for you know twenty years, wow. and just it was it was trying to find a balance because there is this. Um, and, and I hear that in what you're telling me about yourself is uh, trying to find a balance because there is this cosmic inflow, this energy um, that was waiting for what's going on now. And I was dealing with it the best way I could with exercise and running in the hills uh, on trails, you know, with my dogs and stuff that would calm me down. Um, so, yeah, I was. Uh, I was into the, I was into my job and I was, you know, everything I said, that was me. Okay. So you were living the, the day-to-day life in your career, looking good, working out, feeling good, you know, just kind of moving through life, uh, you know, nine to five, probably not nine to five for you if you're a fireman, but um, you were working a lot and just kind of riding your, riding your career at this point. Okay. So you don't mind you know sharing i'm sure you've shared it before but how did the nde happen how did it happen well there was a um a flu epidemic and we were uh, running calls um and, and it was um 
you know, it was a, a strong flu season. That's the way we would call it back then. Uh, and so there was a, you know, the emergency rooms were full and uh, a lot of people were being hospitalized. And, you know, first responders were showing up there, um, you know, when they go down, you know, when they're been overwhelmed by the sickness. And so we'd be in their homes and we'd get them in an ambulance and get them to the hospital. And so that was, we went on a call and there was a, a woman who was, um, her neighbors hadn't seen her in come out of her apartment in a couple of days. And the newspapers were stacking up. And uh, so that was an indicator that, uh, and her car was there. So it's like, we broke in, found her in a back room and, it was serious and you know so we started rolling furniture out of the way and um i slid across the bed and got a o2 mask on her and she kind of um came out of it cuz she was circling the drain her vitals were almost gone and she kind of came out of it and let out this gasp you know like thank god you guys are here and um and her breath went right in my lungs mm -hmm. i just took it I took it full in and, uh, you know, we've all done this with a kid or a dog, you know, and so anyway, I, I said, well, I, whatever is going on with her, I just absorbed it full scale. Right. And we went on days off and a couple of days later, you know, I slowly, actually I went down pretty fast and I was dehydrated in a couple of days super dehydrated like i've never been and you know i had all this vital signs were just crashing and ended up in an ambulance and got to the hospital and they put a few bags in me of, and it was helping with the dehydration thing and then they pushed um some meds that because uh, the emergency room was overwhelmed so they were just giving everybody every, the same thing to you know, keep them calm until they can treat them. And um, yeah, I came in there with a blood pressure somewhere in the 70s with a systolic in the 70s. And um, then I I got these, these this shot in my IV and it just tanked my blood pressure. And I, I went out, I keeled over. And wow. my, my wife said the only... The highest blood pressure she heard them get from you was 40 over zero. And, you know, you're not going to be around much longer. And, yeah, it was one of those things, uh, you know, those, one of those hospital things that happened every day. And, um, you know, a lot of these NDEers, something happened in the hospital. They're going into surgery or something and they react to the anesthesia. These are some of the famous um people like John Davis and a couple of others. So yeah, that's what happened. No hard feelings at all. Um, uh, I came out of it the next day. I was out for like 12, 13 hours. And, but during that night, I, I left my body and um, had this whole, you know, NDE story. Okay. So, so you, you are, so you did get the flu, whatever this flu was, you ended up, contracting yeah. it okay and it just you didn't have uh, you didn't have it, it, hit, it hit your lungs couldn't breathe is that kind of where it went to the most because you know with what happened with 
COVID, it was the lungs. Did it hit the same thing or was it just more fevers and other things with you? Yeah, it, it, it came in through the lungs with that breath. And um, then it was this full body thing. It was, I mean, my heart was racing. Um, it's a 150 was, you know, the night before I, I was telling my wife, I said, I've never had a pulse like this. It's just pounding. And, um, you know, and then I was throwing up and going to the bathroom and, right. you know, I was getting dehydrated. And um, so, yeah, it was a full on insult um, right. to the body. So your body is just at a point where it doesn't want to be here anymore. And you're going through the night and you're jumping. Did you jump out of your body back in? You know, people talk about kind of coming in and out and in and out before they have that big moment or how did that, what happened during the night? Yeah, I, w I went out in the, um, the emergency room. I keeled over. And then the next thing I knew I was flying through a, um, sea of stars just these colored orbs these balls and zooming along and i wasn't bill anymore and i had full awareness that i wasn't bill and i kept thinking uh how in the world did i forget who i really was how was i tricked so completely so perfectly that i believed i was this human being this this dude who had this he had this whole uh, list of things, you know, his likes and his dislikes and uh, his history and where he was going in life. And, you know, this whole definition of who he was and what was right and what was wrong. And all of that stuff was gone. It was it was like it was just a, a bucket had that had been emptied out and it never meant anything. Um and it was just complete exhilaration. It was complete euphoria. And, you know, I've used the word cosmic orgasm. And, um, you know, it's it's not like what we, I, I, I try to say that it's not what we know here with that. Right. It, But no other word really comes close to just, you're completely overwhelmed with bliss, with ecstasy. Every, every moment, and, and uh, what's her name? Um, Louisa Peck, when she left her body, she flew out into this blue sky and she said it was complete euphoria. And every new moment was, oh, wow, this is so cool. You know, oh, wow, this is so cool. It's everything, you know, that we, we don't really understand that here, but every new moment was a complete unlimited possibilities and everything was cool and you were stoked beyond belief wow. um and we've got that you know we've got that really choked down here we're we're down to just some limited senses and and we're not connected to that flow and you know it's all it's all on purpose we we signed up for it you know i would say um that's, this is why I didn't want to watch your videos because I wanted to hear it from you. I wanted to hear what you were saying. I wanted it to be authentic and uh, have a few comments on it. Um, as a musician, okay, as a musician, um, I've, I, my name is Joe Borowski, but I had a stage name for a while named Soul Vision. 
And the reason was, was because I wrote a song called soul vision and there, and it's a very, it's, it comes from somewhere I can't understand. And as a small child, I was writing music and singing and writing at 11 years old. And, um, I would come out of this writing session and go, where did that come from? Because I'd start playing some chords and then just everything would come out. And then, uh, and then of course, you know, my mom would hear it or something and I think, Whoa, <laughs> like, why is Joe so deep at 11 years old? But I don't know where it was coming from. And one thing that I I've loved being as a musician myself is I never really sold myself out and stayed true to that nature of writing through my whole life. And I still do it to this day where when I need emotion to come out, I just, it just turns on and I go, and I go, where, how did I do that? And that's the closest thing I can say that I have in feeling something that's outside of this guy. Um, it's, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. I, I've done meditation. I've, I've, uh, I hope to continue to get better at it. I've had people guide me through meditation and I've had a few rare uh, experiences from that. But for the most part, I've always said music is my meditation. So when I'm writing and singing, I can somehow go somewhere, but I bet you it's like 0.0001% of what it actually is like. So when you explain it the way you've just explained it, I kind of feel what you, I, I understand what you mean, but it's like a longing or a searching that I continue to have. And that's what got me so obsessed with NDEs, you know, growing up. And I thought everyone's going to think I'm crazy because I'm so obsessed. It's not that I'm obsessed with death. I'm obsessed with what we're do What are we doing here? You know, I've had a few episodes. I had an episode, a couple, a couple episodes back where I asked, I asked a question at the end of my, my podcast, my episodes. And it, you know, I was trying to explain it to what I was trying to ask, but I was like, no, like what, what is this? Like, what are we doing? Like, what is the purpose? And I started almost like that sense of like, I'm losing reality here. Like, because we're so stuck in our day to day, like glue, um, that once you start questioning things, it can get a little bit out of control. Um, cause I, I go, okay, yeah, I'll go and I'll get my bread and my groceries and I'll come, but what am I doing? Like, why? What is it leading me to? <laughs> so those questions always came up. So getting so, back to, Joe, yeah, sorry, go okay. ahead. Okay. I'm going to tell you something that you'll probably help you, uh, you know, come full circle with your quest. Okay. And so the, the universe as, uh, as what I experience and what I can, what is still ex experiencing is that it is an, an infinite expanding, uh, creative striving uh sensual life force energy and you know this thing with music um the universe is music it's music and color and light and flow and the fact that you got all the guitars behind you and the keyboard and that music is a big part of you ever since you showed up here and that you've got this creative side to you and you've got this questioning and you've got this history of a spiritual crisis. Um, you know, you are an old soul and you're here for what's happening right now. And it's just starting um, and it's going to ramp up. I don't know what the timetable is, but it is 
starting. It is opening. Um, your time is now, my friend. And um, when I had my NDE, I was never musical at all. But when I had my NDE, um, I was asked this on some podcast years ago, and I didn't. He asked me, what did you bring back from your NDE? Some people bring something back. And I said something about intuition or something. And um, but my wife scolded me later and uh, because it was within um, slowly, but within the next year or two, I was counting all the time. I was one and two and three and four and one. And then it was stacking these groups of four uh together and you know you start talking about bars and measures and you know music is music is mathematical and we can tell when the math adds up that's a good you know it's a good tune it's moving it grabs us it hits us in our emotions um so yeah i, I had this whole thing where i bought drums and i was playing them within a couple of months and my wife said, "If because I didn't have any lessons, but she said, if I didn't watch you and listen to you, I'd never would have believed. Um, within a couple of months, I could play any country western song. And, wow. you know, some of the more intricate rock songs, you just, you, you know, you have to learn them where they're going to go. And, you know, I was in a band after that and more bands. And then I ended up in this really good group and playing all these big gigs with thousand people in the audience. And, you know, it's all happened really fast within, uh, you know, half a dozen years. And my friends were like, where did this come from? And I'm like, I have no idea. It just became, you know, music became easy. It is part of us. Right. We are, we are part of that musical flow. It is dominant in the universe. And, um, and I, you know, if a guy came into the, you know, when you jam, a guy came in and says, oh, I wrote this song last night. I'll, I'll try to get it down so you guys can study it. And, and I go, just go for it, man. And, <laughs> and, you know, and long as he had this eye connection, you know, um, you know, the eyes are the windows to the soul. I knew when, when he was gonna, you know, when there was a full stop or when there was a bridge, I just knew it and we'd finish and he'd go dude how did you do that and i'm like i don't know it was just there right so, so you can so you completely understand it i think that's remarkable so you weren't a musician at all before the nde zero wow that is that is fascinating um and you know <laughs> it's like you know um as a coach myself i coach people how to write too right and i get two different types of people but I have found over the years that my type is more rare and it's that I feel and freestyle. So I feel the music and then the music just comes out. Then there's the type that sit and write lines. They're all, we need to get a rhyme scheme here and a rhyme scheme here. And we should, let's include uh, alcohol, trucks, and like, you know, they, they put all the different things, you know, mine was always just right. Um, but that was from childhood. So it must've been something that I just decided as I come to this earth, I'm bringing that with me uh, yeah. because, you know, and I think everyone's got their own gifts, I guess you call them yeah. or what, what they are. And it seems like when you jumped out of, out of bill and then jump back in, 
you took something home. <laughs> it's like, I'm taking this with me, right? Or not home, but you took something back to the hotel. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, is that what it feels like? Like you left, came back and you had this extra like skill set. Yeah, it, it was, you know, over the next year or two, the, the counting thing started. And I'm like, what is with this counting? You know, I'm swimming laps and I'm counting and it's two, a three, a four, a two, one, a two, a three, a four, and flip turn, you know, and then... I was constantly counting and I go, man, I'm, I'm losing it. I'm turning into a, you know, an autistic adult or something. Right. But well, yeah, you know, man. what's really interesting about that is when I was a child too, I would be, you know, wherever I'd be, I'd be sitting on a hill and I'd be doing this. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone around me, my family probably thought, Oh, you know, what's going on, you know, but I was just counting beats. I was hearing music and I was, um, and I did that everywhere, you know? And then as I got older, of course you realize, Oh, that's not, that's not the normal thing to do. I mean, people are thinking that's a little bit strange. So then you, you push that away, but I'm like, well, then I'll grab a guitar and I'll, I'll do it in a different way. Um, so, wow. Just you saying that, that I can relate to that as a child, that, that beat, you know, now that you say it like that, that's exactly what was going on with me at a young age. So, that's that is fascinating. I didn't even expect to talk about that. So thanks for mentioning that. Um, yeah, when, so, when you came on, I saw all your guitars. You heard my comment, and it's like, okay, I, I get this guy. He he probably doesn't even know that he's really connected to the divine, and it's the music. Um, music's the connection to everything. I will tell you, I do and I don't know that I'm connected so much to the divine because um, this longing, you know, as a childhood, I didn't, I don't, I don't feel like I want this episode to be about me, but I'm going to do it. Cause I feel like, I feel like I need to talk to you about this <laughs> as a child. I remember being in a classroom and looking around at the other kids, if they were making fun of each other or whatever, and feeling really sad and feeling like, why are you doing that? And, and I'm like grade two or three, I was just a little guy, um, very sensitive kid, very like much just confused why everyone was being bad to each other if they were being bad. Um, and then as I got older, feeling this constant um, homesick feeling, um, but not understanding that because love my mom had had some issues growing up a lot of issues like different family issues and things happen um but always feeling like i don't even feel like it's it's something else it's driving me like i'm like i'm searching for something um and then i get older and then here i am now and 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 you go i'm i'm constantly searching for something <laughs> and um that's why i think watching people who've had ndes it fascinates me only because you've kind of touched something different than not everyone gets that opportunity. Not that I'm asking for it. Um, I feel like I sometimes say to myself, okay, maybe I can learn these things through people who've experienced them um, so I can understand it better. Right. But that's just sharing with you that I've always had that feeling and I've, and I've read NDEs and taught and, you know, talked to different people and, they've said things like that. Well, once they come back, you know, um, takes a little while for them to readjust or they go, why did I come back? Or, 
why wasn't I allowed to stay? Um, things like that. Um, so from what you were saying, you're flying through these stars. Did it seem like space? Yeah, it seemed like space. It was uh, like a black purple background and they were lined up, you know, going on forever. And there are these big balls of color and emotion and almost a musical flow. And it was a welcoming. It was, I was parading through them and they were just showering me with this uh, love. And I was super stoked. And, you know, I was, like I said, how did I, how was I tricked so completely that I was this dude in this, you know, skin suit uh, down there in that place, you know, with all those heavy, all those heavy, heavy emotions. Um, right. You know, that's what the, that's what the universe is. It's emotions. And that's what music, you know, brings us. It's like a, a translation to that emotional side of what we really are. Did you have emotions over there? I had nothing but high emotions, higher emotions, the euphoria, uh, ecstasy, um, love, you know, and that's all I felt. And the, so, the things that so we positive had, emotions, positive emotions, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. And the other stuff, um, the lower vibrational stuff, you know, the whole thing, we have our choice between love and fear. And, um, you know, the, the lower there's a there's this diagram, this cone, and the lower part is fear. And it's all these things like depression and anxiety and guilt and shame and hate and you know, all of those things, that whole bottom part of that just dropped away. And that those things stay here. They don't travel with us. They aren't part of, you know, our eternal um, realm that we come from. Why do you believe that we have them here? Oh, to learn, to uh, experience them. You know, we go through these thousands of lives and, um, you know, it's rough here. Uh, even just, you know, having a normal life, like you said, groceries and going to school and doing your chores, you know, we're saddled with um, these lower emotions that don't exist where we come from. Um, wow. Yeah, okay. they don't. That's why, that's why nobody wants to come back. And, you know, what my favorite, I got to talk to her a couple of years ago, but my favorite NDE lady who saved my bacon was um, Dr. Mary Neal. And, you know, she had three or four kids and a husband she loved, and she's a, a successful surgeon. And she drowned in a kayaking accident in Chile. And um, she, you know, she peeled away from her body, you know, just like a peeling a stamp off. And she existed elsewhere and her body fell away in this boat and she was instantly home and she had no intention of returning instantly. Wow. <laughs> and that's, that's what I felt. And um, yeah, she's as, she's as genuine as you can get. Uh, that's fascinating. So, yeah. And, and I hear that a lot, you know, that even if you know, you have every, these things, these people you love, the, the, 
the career that you've worked your whole life towards, you have all these things and you go, Oh no, I'm good. It's just, I'm, I'm good now. You know, it's, they'll, they'll be fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So did, did your experience end on that? Did you like, did it keep going? Did it, did something else happen after that? Or was it just, you went into this place and then you came back? Like, how did it go from there? Oh, you, you really don't know my story. I'm telling you, I've, I've, (laughs) I do recall it. And it was, it inspired me. And that's why as soon as I watched, I started watching a video of you talking. I'm like, no, I want to hear you tell me because I really want it to be authentic. So that's, that's where I'm at with your story, but I've heard it, but I know you're going to say it and I'm going to recall it all, but I just, just so you could share it again with me for the first time. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was flying along in this blissful state where there was a limitless to the universe you could be or do anything you wanted you everything was every new moment was completely euphoric and i was like this is so cool um and i had felt like i was had been released from a hot dark stuffy closet and that i was this huge expanded cloud this huge expanded balloon of awareness it seems like i went on forever and I was flying along saying, man, I, how in the heck did I get into that situation back there? I, I am never going back to that. That, that was, that was terrible. And I, I, you know, and I had this wonderful life. I mean, perfect parents, uh, you know, everything was perfect wife, career, education. Um, but like I said, we, we carry around this load of emotions that, um, you know, it's crushing. It's, it really is. And when you're free of it, it's like, I ain't going back to that. And and that's what these NDEs are talking about, that freedom from that bottom half, those low vibrations. So I'm flying along and I'm completely stoked saying, oh man, it's awesome. And, um, and then I landed somewhere. I landed in a place that was solid. It had indirect lighting. There was equipment there and there was tables and there were uh, chairs and beds and things. And right in front of me, there were these three little hooded guys. They were about four foot tall and they had these uh, dark little hoods, robes, and they were overjoyed to see me. They were giggling and they were bouncing around and they were asking me all kinds of questions and um if you ever watch the movie communion Mm -hmm. um there's a there's a scene in there you know you know the the soundtrack can entrain us with fear you know they'll use those notes uh i just went to a lecture a a, a few days ago with uh robert edward grant and he talked about a diminished fifth and he said, when you listen to, you know, da, 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 and he said, those notes are in the soundtracks for movies and they grab your, um, you know, your energy and they mm-hmm. entrain you in this fear. And then you, you know, you're watching a horror movie and, right. and it's a powerful, um, it's a powerful mechanism. And, so anyway, back to the communion, you know, if you turn off the soundtrack, because everyone says, oh, they're aliens or they're demons or something. And 
and I tell them, turn the soundtrack off and watch those little hooded guys. They're bouncing around. They're high-fiving him. They're, you know, there's children in this facility. They're looking after them. They're dancing. They're joyful, happy uh, little guys. And that's what I saw. That's what I experienced. And they were saying things. They're all talking at once. They're saying things like, how was it? What did you learn? What can you tell us? And they were all giggling. And I was just in a state of amazement. It's just like going, what happened? Where am I now? And one of them kind of stepped forward. They're kind of clumsy, uh, goofy guys. And looked me up and down. And he turned to the other two and he goes, he doesn't remember us. And they all started giggling, laughing uproariously. And um, and I was like, guys, and I, I wasn't fearful at all. And it didn't exist. And I was like, guys, you know, I'm a little confused uh, right now. This is um, quite a change for what I'm used to. And I kind of remember you. Give me, a, give me a little time to sort this out, you know. Uh, right. And they were laughing some more. And then there was this other guy. And he had been in the background. And he came forward. And he was this. I've called him all kinds of things, but he was this tall, wispy guy. He had this like wisp coming off him and he was like this spinning um, energy and he was very thin, had big smile on his face and um, big open eyes, the eyebrows are up. Um, he was um, exuberant um, to see me drop in. And um, when he came forward, he, it was like I was looking at somebody underwater, you know, he was spinning and then parts of him would separate and then it would catch up. And hmm. as he came, as he came towards me, this spinning uh, sort of uh, engulfed me and my, um, my chest felt like it was over pumped tire and my throat clamped down. Like I was watching a, a really heartfelt movie where a dog finds its way home or something. And, I felt like I was going to break down in uncontrollable crying from love. There was so much love involved with this tall, wispy energy guy that it was uh, paralyzing. It was absolutely overwhelming. And as he came forward the whole time, he was just chuckling. So we got the little guys giggling and he, he's chuckling and, um, we had some back and forth stuff. Every time I said anything, he chuckled and I could feel his laughter inside of me, inside my heart. And um, yeah, he just adored me. And so it wasn't very organized. They didn't seem like there was anything going on. They didn't have a plan or anything. Uh, the guys were just giggling and bouncing around and, and he was looking at them and chuckling and looking at me and, and chuckling and and uh so i said well you guys um are we gonna uh, you know do a review of my life <laughs> you know because i'd like to get out of this facility and get back to that euphoric expanse that ecstatic um existence that was the universe and are we, are we gonna review my life you know you guys want to get started with that and uh, the tall wispy guy just cracked up. He just um, thought that was hilarious. And he said, sure, we can do that. How do you want to start? And so I 
I said, right on. Okay. You know, this is working. And I started talking about just some stuff in my life. You know, it wasn't a real review of your life where you, you know, people talk about going through this profound experience of feeling what their words, uh, you know, harmed, how they harmed others and things. It wasn't any of that. It was just me talking about, you know, that I wish I'd done something for my wife when we were younger. Um, I got this offer for this job out on a island. We were going to be the rangers there coming out of college and it was going to be only us. And she wanted that. She's like, when are we going to ever have a chance to live on an island by ourselves? And, um, you know, I was into the fire thing, working seasonally and stuff. And I took a fire job because uh, I, you know, I like being around the guys and the excitement and stuff. But um, she wanted that. And now as, um, you know, almost 70, uh, I wish I'd done that for her. And that's, you know, that's a job I'd take in a minute now. Um, so, yeah, I talked about some other things and um, no, nobody was listening. Uh, they didn't care about what I had to say. It was they it was like they were um, humoring me. And everyone in the room knew I wasn't staying, that this was a, a quick no. show and tell. That, I mean, if you put all this together of what's going on today and what happened with my NDE and all this, and, you know, it was a show and tell, and I was going back, and, you know, then I was this free will unit that if I wanted to talk about it and if I wanted to... Um, you know, rise to the occasion in, in these times. That was my, it was my um, choice. And, but anyway, they planted the seed. And at one point he just said, okay, that's enough. Time to go back. And that just floored me. It was like a father, you know, picking up the toddler off the ground saying, okay, time to go home. And I was like, what? I'm not going back there. You know, that, that I was just, I was just shocked. And I'm like, there's no way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. And, uh, and he goes, no, you got to go back, man. You know, you got things to do and they're important. And uh, he goes, so you're going back. And the three little guys, it's like they disappeared. They went somewhere else in that facility. Like they were reassigned. Had another soul coming in, or whatever was going on there, I don't know. But um, he said, "Time to go back." And you know, with his intention, the place just started to break up. It started to spin and disappear, and I could feel a drop in frequency, a drop in my vibration, and I was on my way to another channel. I was on my way to a lower frequency i was coming back here and it was a descending frequency feeling i think that's what we talk about you know ascension and we see heaven as something above us and i think it's a you know as a musician i think you get this it's a frequency thing it's a um you know a, these are the lighter notes the higher notes that inspire us and so anyway i was going down to those diminished fifths <laughs> and and um, everything just spun away. He just sort of, you know, like I was, like I'd been um, beamed out of there. 
And he just sort of evaporated in front of me and I dropped away into darkness. And I found myself in a place that was uh, crushingly um, difficult. It was like it, it suddenly there was um, a ton of rocks that were just dropped on top of you emotionally. And I was near my body. I was in the same vicinity as my body. I knew that. And um, it was lonely and it was dismal. And you absolutely did not want to be there. Mm. And that's either the place directly next to where we are. We've got names for that. Or it was me reintegrating with the energy of Bill, you know, all the history and um, whatever he's carrying um, and whatever's, you know, in that, um, you know, his birth, you know, the astrology chart, you know, we, we come in with a, with a, an energy and a, and a DNA that kind of determines what kind of person we're, we're bound to be. And anyway, all of that stuff was reloaded. And if you can imagine all of that not being part of you and you're just this free spirit with, with no history and no uh, judgment on anything, that is the difference. Um, but yeah, I reintegrated with that energy and I was back in my body. And sometime later, I started slowly waking up and, you know, I was in an intensive care. So they had these machines that were, you know, taking your blood pressure and that I would wake up from that, my arm being squeezed. And I would look at the um, machines in the dark and I, I noticed my vitals were climbing with each uh, sequence and pretty soon I could stay awake. And I kind of was half sitting up and the nurse walked by and she just kind of startled she goes you're awake and i said yes i am i need to talk to you and uh she goes man you have been our special project we didn't know why you were so far gone we didn't know if you were coming back and i gotta go tell the doctors because uh you know you're everyone's been on alert been up all night wondering what's going on with you and i said okay yeah that's cool you can go get the doctors but first what am I doing back here? I was, I wanted answers. I was so pissed. I was so right. unhappy. I was so sad and disappointed. And I, and I told her I was home. I was absolutely home. I was out of here and I was back home with the best friends I've ever known. I was convinced that I had bought the farm and how did I get back here? And she was one of these old nurses and without missing a beat, she, she said, honey, you've been in escrow, but you fell out of escrow and now you're back with us. So you're going to have to get your head around that. And she kind of, she had her hands on my shoulders and looking me right in the eye. And, and, you know, that was a really cool thing because, um, I never forgot it. it. I was instantly grounded by another soul. And right. a lot of, I think you said something about this, a lot of NDEers will go, uh, they'll be depressed for months and years. And, you know, the addiction thing comes in because you want to escape and they'll lose 10 years. They'll lose 20 years. Right trying to sort out this incredible disappointment to be back here. Right. Um, 
So yeah, it's a it's devastating. It's like somebody drives up with a skip loader and dumps a load of gravel on you and you're just pinned back in this place. And, you know, I don't want to run it down too far because we got lives and, um, you know, they're a gift. And, um, you know, that's what I came to realize really quickly within a few days. Um, I was pretty sad, but within a few days, it was like, okay, I got to, you know, I'm getting healthier. I can get back to work. And I was back in that role, you know, because I, I loved that, you know, that public service, that helping others, that fireman. I took it very seriously. And um, then I was back in it and, you know, I talked it up for a while, but then I learned to dummy up and, and that's my story. Wow. Wow. So when you came back, it was, it's interesting. It was kind of a, So you have this experience, you go into the higher frequency and you're welcomed in a sense. Oh and yeah. Then you, and then you come back down in frequency and you're welcome back, Yeah. <laughs> but in our lower frequency, right? So it's almost, that's interesting. Great. And that's probably what helped you ground back in quick and say, okay, don't know what that was. I guess I have a lifetime to figure it out, but <laughs> you know, here I am back with you now. Um, yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. I, I want to jump right in with one question to you before I forget what. So there's two pieces to this question. Cause you, you mentioned the movie communion and the little guys in communion. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to play skeptic role as well here and there. Um, although I'm very far from a skeptic, but would anyone say to you, well, you've seen these little guys because you knew the movie Communion beforehand and it, it was in your brain somewhere and that's what you formed as a as a dream state or what made this not a dream? You know, what what is that? Where have, What have you come to terms with with all that? Like, is it a dream? Did it feel like a dream? Were these guys a part of a hallucination? I'm just curious what, you're, what you say to people that say that or your opinion. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I never did see the movie Communion, uh, even though I think it came out a few years before my NDE. Um, I saw the book and it had that, you know, typical alien on the cover. And, you know, I kind of avoid scary movies. So I think I, I'm like, I don't need to do that. So but I did see uh, a picture of a communion scene um, a few years ago. And. And it was one of those short little uh dumpy guys with the uh, um you know dark robes and wow and i'm like i'm like what the heck is that <laughs> and then i look closer and i'm like well i need to watch this movie and then i watch the movie and i'm like oh man that's cool that's that you know there's a lot of clues in our movies uh and it it's coming it's either coming from the creative uh you know intervention um that comes in that helps mankind during these times or it's something else. But I, you know, just watching this last year with all these podcasts take off, you know, there's a divine hand in uh, creativity and that, that movie is telling us who we are. In fact, at the end of that movie, um, the wife and the um, Christopher Walken and his wife, they're having this discussion and they're going back and forth and, and she talks directly to the camera and she said, um, 
don't look at it as a curse. Look, look at it that you are chosen. And, hmm. you know, she's trying to talk him down and, and he, he's already figured it out and he's, you know, he's done with fear. And that's when he, he finds that, you know, he goes looking for um, what he went through before and he walks out into a field and it's supposed to be a spaceship or something. But if you look at it, it's, he doesn't go into a ship. He goes into the light. Mm. He goes into a really bright light and he changes dimensions. And, um, you know, he goes to this, you know, this clinic, this facility that's looking after us in our, in our lives. Right. And so you and saw then, that, you saw that after though. You didn't see that before your experience. No, I never saw that before. Wow. And what's really helpful, you know, if, for the skeptic is um, the DMT, the spirit molecule, the uh, book by um, Rick Straussman, his DMT volunteers who go, you know, they leave their bodies and they're with these other entities and stuff, but they're with, uh, three short little hooded guys and then a tall wispier guy that's in the background that comes forward one after another that's in the you know chapter 13 and 14 it's called beyond the veil or through the veil and um, contact through the veil and that's what freaked me out because when I read it I'm like these guys are going and seeing exactly what I went and saw and that blew me away right. uh, when you, when you put that, you know, a lot of kids are doing DMT now. It's a, it's a big drug thing. And when you put together that, what they're seeing is what I saw. Uh, and that DMT is a natural part of our pineal gland and it splashes the brain at the time of death. You know, this is, <laughs> this is a really incredible connection that right. uh, you know chemically we can leave this dimension and ha do things like indie ears do yeah i had i had um so i had a, a guest on just a few weeks ago and he had an nde as well and he also in his 20s 30s 40s um exper experimented with drugs and so he was talking and then got into meditation, all these different things, really interesting, um, um, you know, conversation. And I brought up the idea of, okay. Um, I said, well, again, putting on my skeptic hat, I said, if a drug can take you to a same, similar place that you went, why can't we just attribute this scientifically to the brain? And as we kept talking about it, he started talking about frequencies and I started, cause I, I hadn't really heard this term frequencies. He started talking about imagine an AM or FM radio right now we're on FM 92 point, whatever. And you know, when he died, he all of a sudden jumped frequencies. He's in a completely different frequency. So then he talked about how the drug. So the, the way that we kind of concluded was what, what the long story short was, is that, he no longer, he, he realized he didn't have to take drugs to get to that place. He could do it through meditation. And so realizing that he can now jump frequencies, uh, 
without a drug. And, and so I was like, oh, so what you're saying is it's not the drug that is making us hallucinate and see things. It's that I kind of concluded this myself and maybe I'm not a scientist, but I thought to myself, well, maybe what's happening is the drug DMT, whatever it is, is turning off those receptors in our brains that are keeping us floored down to this frequency. So instead of it being that the drug is making us have this euphoric experience, oh, it's more that it's shutting down the things that are keeping us grounded. So all of a sudden we're more aware of the other frequencies. I'm starting to wonder if that's more it. Um, Only because what I was trying to, you know, come to conclusion in my brain is, okay, well, if we die, because they say, well, when we die, we get this big splurge of DMT, right? This big, right? So then I'm going, well, then maybe it is just DMT all, all along. Maybe just DMT is giving us this great experience. But the more I kind of talk to people, I'm thinking maybe what it is is that the DMT is allowing us to switch frequencies because, you know, there's too many experiences where people are clinically dead. They're laying there. They've got a toe tag on. They're getting put into a, you know, the wherever they go. And then they have this experience that's completely more alive than this. It feels more aware. I mean, I can't see it being the DMT still tracing through their body at that point. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. My thoughts are everything is vibration. And uh, when we take on certain plants, you know, like when we have coffee, um, that'll affect us for, you know, several hours, uh, give us a, give us a lift and tobacco and there's all kinds of them. And, you know, this hallucinogenics, uh, psychedelics, they're at uh, the high end of the scale and DMT is at the top end of that scale. Um, it, cause it breaks down, um, the illusion all the way. Uh, and you know, it takes a little while for our bodies to, um, metabolize it, but for that, you know, minutes, if it's DMT or hours, if it's ayahuasca, um, you know, we're under the influence of those other channels, those other frequencies. And it's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool way to look at it. So you are, you are at this point, I would assume, and again, I'm sure you asked this question, but are you convinced that you experienced something beyond this realm? Oh yeah, absolutely. It wasn't just the brain doing something chemically to give you an experience before you died. No, no. The brain's just a, something that, you know, helps us move our fingers and, play a tune it's just a, it's the body um but there is consciousness um you know our eternal essence is what animates this body what energizes it and brings life to it if you've ever watched you know somebody die it, it's always the same thing especially with children they'll say well, where did they go um because they've left, you know, that essence of us, that conscious spirit has, um, you know, has left. Right. So, so yeah, if uh, some of my favorite researchers are like, um, oh, what's his name? Graham Hancock. And there's a couple of others, but they all say the same thing. At some point, if you read their books, they'll say, if you really want 
to get answers to what the universe is about, ask the near-death experiencers, the shamanic healing medicine crowd, and the deep meditators, the guys that can find those vibrations, uh, you know, like Robert Monroe and Edgar Casey, where you go into this trance, you know, and your body gets incredibly heavy, this self-hypnosis, your body feels like a, a pile of bricks and you're just pouring out of it, uh, going somewhere else. And yeah, that those are the three, you know, the, the, um, the near-death experiencers, they're absolutely experiencing those other realms. The shamanic medicine people, they're absolutely experiencing the other realms. That's a rough, you know, you don't want try for an NDE and then the shamanic medicine I've drank ayahuasca a handful of times and it, it can be a rough evening. You know, a, a lot of people get emotionally scarred by it. Um, but everybody can meditate and you, you sit quietly in nature, uh, raise your vibration with your diet and, you know, structured water and your thoughts and how you live your life, you know, unplug and detox and that, you know, what we knew we were in ancient times, what they knew about us will return. Um, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of cut off because it's a, a it, we're, it's very cluttering right now. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but anybody can do it. Yeah. So anybody I think, I think meditation it. obviously is that, is that one area that, and like I've said, I've continued to try to, to uh, get better at that. And I, I use I use music, but it is different. I've had a few moments, and I hope to get better at calming the mind down and getting to that place. Yeah. Can I can before we get too far? Uh, can I say something else? Because you, I like that that you called me out and said, "How do you know it wasn't a dream?" Sure. And and I like that when we started, you're like, "Let's not talk. I'm going to start the session and make it all organic and real." Um, because a lot of you guys complain, it's like, oh, this guy comes on and he, it's all scripted. Don't ask me this and take me this direction. And it, they're like, you're such a joy because you don't do that. And um, I go, why would you do that? Uh, this is all easy. It's it's all good information. Right. So, so yeah. So um, I, I think I got off track there. But what I wanted to say was, you, oh, you asked the question. How did you know it wasn't a dream? Right. And, you know, and I told you that it's in that movie communion and it's also in the, you know, what I experienced is also in the, um, that book, DMT, the spirit molecule, when, um, you know, he starts crunching all the experiences of his volunteers and uh, more often than not, it's, there's three short, little, playful, joyful, good look, uh, fun loving guys. And then a tall, wispier guy um, shows up later. And that creative thing we're talking about, that how, uh, you know, we see it in our mainstream, in our media and stuff. And if you watch The um, the Wizard of Oz, in, you know, Dorothy has her situation where she gets caught in that vortex and mm -hmm. she's in the house. And then part of the window breaks off and it hits her in the head. And she falls on the bed and then she peels away from her body. And 
she's, you know, this is a near-death experience. And then she lands in a place and the color wow. comes on. All the colors come on and all these beautiful giant flowers and all these things people talk about. This colorful place. And she goes outside and there's all these little giggling short people called munchkins that are around. And they come at her in groups of three. You know, they got the the little the three little um lollipop guys and then the dancers and the politicians, but they come at her in groups of three. And you know, she's with them for a while and they're all very giggling and, and joyful and happy. And then along comes this higher being. Uh it rolls in in a giant orb, Glinda. And um, you know, this is Dorothy's higher self coming to say hi and puts her on a journey, puts her on a mission uh, to, um, you know, follow the yellow brick road uh, to the Emerald City. And uh, and she goes and to get there, she has three companions. And one of them is a scarecrow looking for a brain, tin man looking for a heart and um, a lion looking for courage. And this is this is my favorite part is that if you proceed on your journey and you use your brain, your mind to choose those higher vibrations, to live your life by the intelligence of the heart, to be kind, to be sweet, to be helpful, to be patient. And if you travel with courage, without fear, because fear will always shut down your, your journey. Then you get to go home and there's no place like home. Wow. And that is what is coming through to us. And, you know, that was, that was my near death experience. So I'll leave you with that, my friend. Wow. That's, that's amazing. No, I, I love that <laughs> to sum it up that way too. Right. That's great. I mean, um, Wow. So that you just, and you just know, right? You just know. I just know it's, a, there's, it's in the, every time I turn on the TV or open a magazine or go to the movies, it's like, oh, there, there you go. See that? And, um, you know, the, the creative nature of uh, the people creating, you know, making these movies and stuff, whatever, it's coming through to them that it's a good idea to put, you know, the goddess Isis in the background in this scene. And, you know, somebody like me says, oh, I totally get that. Um, that's, a, that's a completely another story. But I mean, there's like The Matrix and there's a hundred different movies we could talk about. Um, so you're saying that the the media, I mean, it, Hollywood movies and everything, they they're telling us something through it. It's, it's the same storyline. I've never broke out anyone break it down the way you did about Wizard of Oz. And that's going back to the thirties, right? Um, yeah. So, years. Yeah. So, I mean, but I've never really thought about it that way, but that's exactly the message that's, that is pushing through. So, um, wow. it's not a, it's not a conspiracy. It's, you know, it's a divine hand. Yeah. Uh, I wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you this just because I know I don't want to take too much more time up here with you, but I, I do want to ask you this if you don't mind answering, and it's kind of a double, double question. Okay, um, 
because at one point in the inter- at the uh, talk here, you mentioned about the things coming, like the a lot of changes happening, and that we're in this this new time, this changes, you know. Um, it's a double question because I usually leave each interview uh, with the question of why are we here. That's the question I ask everyone at the end of the uh, episodes. Um, so I want to ask you that, but within that. I'm wondering if you can speak to um, what it is that we should be preparing for. You know, I don't want to, I really don't, I don't like the idea of fear. I don't know what's coming, Um, but there's definitely vibrationally, everything is speeding up and it's been good doing that for a while. So I don't even know what that means. I'm just saying it because I don't know what that means, but I feel it. And I've always been someone that is being a coach myself. I'm always, people are always looking up to me and I'm always feeling like I'm trying to help people in their journeys, right? Whether it's music or whatever. And um, I just feel like there's so much going on now with technology, with everything. Uh, I think back to even being a nineties, eighties kid and life was so different. Walking back from school, kicking rocks. That's all I was caring about. You see kids now, brains overloading, brains overloading. There you go, everything is just completely different. So getting back on track to my question is why are we here and what should we be expecting if there's anything that you're feeling is coming? Well, we're we're here to learn. Uh, you know, this is a an earth school and we come into these bodies, these gifts uh, for uh, to experience it. And, you know, we, we will have, we do have loss in our lives and we will lose our life at the end of it. We all know that we're all going to die. And that's super heavy because there's no such thing as death really, but we don't know that. So we're, we're here for these crushing, traumatic, dramatic experiences um, because experience is the best teacher. And yeah, we're in the earth school and it's the school of hard knocks. Uh, you know, we have wonderful lives and, you know, adventures and accomplishments, but we also have that moment when your father dies, you know, or you lose a child or your dog dies. Those, you, you don't know where to go when those things happen. You are falling completely apart. So that's what we're here for. And it's hard, man. It's it's super hard, but at the same time, it's an illusion. Um, it's a game. And we all go back and everybody's fine. And we all get to share in the experience of this life. And it is a beautiful, wonderful gift. And we shouldn't waste a single moment of it. Um, so what's coming is, yeah, you're right. There's, I'm glad you brought that up, that everything's speeding up and we have names for it. We call it, um, global warming or, um, there's a couple of different names, but the sun is pulsing. If you have the courage, not ask anyone to do this, but, you know, just when the sun first comes up on the horizon, 
if you do look at the sun, it's pulsing wildly and the outside of it is um, spinning these color codes. And, you know, that that is source energy. That's what's keeping this place going. Passes by us every day. Um, it, it, it's actually a, a, a portal, the dimension back to where we come from. Um, you know, this warmth and love and light and supports all life here. And it's pulsing uh, faster. And, you know, I know when I started in the 70s with the fires, you know, you could pretty much determine where a fire was going to go, how hot it was, how much it was going to burn based on, you know, uh, humidity and the temperature and slope and all this stuff. That's all gone. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching fires, uh, green grass burning um, now. And I used to burn a couple of cords of wood a year through winter. Now I'm doubled that because uh, everything is burning faster. If you look at a campfire, you, you can see it for yourself, you know, start a campfire and that thing is burning super fast, flickering. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. And there are ways to look at it that everything is speeding up. The frequency is improved, is increasing. The um, Schumann earth frequency used to be 7.83 and um you know, almost eight times a second, it was cycling eight times a second. And now it's over 12. That's, you can actually read that. And it's gone up in the last, uh, you know, decade or so, slowly gone up. But yeah, everything's moving faster. It's going, it's going somewhere. And <laughs> we get to choose uh, how we're going to go through this. Um, we can freak out and, um, you know, have all these selfish, self-motivated thoughts, which is what most of us are going to do. And, or you can, you know, help others. You can take less, um, live a simpler life and, you know, be kind and be helpful. Um, there's a, there's a movie that it was a movie called, uh, Wonder Woman, 1984 or something like that. And at the end of it is she, it's demonstrated exactly if there's going to be, you know, lots of chaos, if there isn't already tons of chaos, everything's chaotic. And she, she's fighting with this at the end, she's, uh, fighting with this beast and she is this divine being, you know, she comes she flies in like this uh, goddess Isis with this gold suit. And through all of this, there are people that are, um, you know, helpful. And through all this chaos, they show you people that are doing kind things and helping others and being helpful through whatever turmoil is coming. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a great test for us. And it's pretty, and I would, I would assume too, that it's probably a test that we're meant to go through to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our higher self, we, we picked this and, um, you know, we're the, 
you know, we, we think that we have a soul, we have a soul and, you know, I, I'm going to pull it out and go to church and show my soul and all this stuff, but we don't really have a soul. Um, the soul has us. Um, we're kind of uh, a car and the driver is the soul and, mm. you know, he drives the car around and has all these experiences and trashes it. And, gets another soul, gets another car, um, right. you know, and, and we come and go. Right. And the, the best, the best movie for that. And, and, and to bring all these things you're asking together is the movie Groundhog Day where um, Bill Murray is this kind of creepy media guy. And he goes to this little town to cover this story and, and he's selfish and he's mean to everyone. And he, can't get out of that town. He keeps waking up in that town for another day, another life. Um, he goes through thousands of days, which represent our lives. Each day he has a choice what he's going to do. And, and he does the, you know, the sleazy thing for a good part of the movie. And it's funny. And and then he gets bored with it and he starts getting frustrated. And why am I here? I don't want to be here. And he starts killing himself a bunch of different ways. Right. And, you know, I, people that are in crisis, I look at them and I smile because it's like, you're just about to pop. You're just about to ripen. And that's what there's a scene in the movie uh, where he's in the diner and he realizes that he is a God and that he never dies. And, that's what we are and and he changes his life completely and he spends his days helping a homeless guy and helping out these old ladies and catching a kid falling out of the tree and he spends his day helping others and you know raising others up um and then he gets to leave at the end he gets to leave the um the town right and and we, we we live our lives with you know the intelligence of the heart and sweetness and kindness and patience and tolerance and we develop a vibration it's we can't fake it but we just naturally develop a higher vibration and we earn our wings we get to vibrate out of this place and we ascend I love how you use the movie references because it really it hits home and I go, man, I got to go back and watch all these movies again because like I was not watching them in those with that lens on you. Right. Like I'm just watching the movie for what it was. But that's, yeah, that's no, none of us were none of us no. were watching. No, no. And, I, and you're right. But it's subliminally there. Right. So we I'm probably going to go back and see all these movies. Um, thanks so much for coming on today. You know, like I, I really wanted to, I was really excited to talk to you. I didn't know which direction was going to go, but, um, and there's a million other directions I could go, but I could go on all day with this stuff. Um, what are you doing now? Do you have ways people can contact you or do they just see you online? I mean, you're kind of everywhere, right? Yeah, I'm totally overexposed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that you have a website or anything like that. That's your main place or. Um, no, I don't, I'm not uh, a businessman. I don't have a, this isn't a business or anything. I'm just talking to you, to you guys. I'm supposed to, I'm convinced of that. And if somebody <clears throat> needs to talk, I, you can, they can contact me at, um, 
bletson56 at gmail.com. Okay, and, perfect. Uh, I got like 10 emails this morning and I'll wow. talk to you. Hope. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you being on here and just like, I'm, like I said, like I was really excited to talk to you and I know that uh, you probably are busy with all that stuff. Some people, I find a lot of people when they have NDEs and stuff, they write books or things like that too, because they're trying to hit different media platforms, right? They're trying to get the word out. And so I didn't know if you had anything like that or not, but um, it seems like for the most part, you're just, you tour around a little bit and talk at Ion. Do you still go on Ion, Ion's things or? No, I went last year, but I didn't go this year. Um, I, I, uh, there was a conflict. Um, there's this group called the conference on, um, procession and ancient knowledge. And they were down in Palm Springs. So I went with, went to them and oh. it was awesome. I saw this woman, Vita Austin, and she was the last presenter. And, she talked about, you know, this divine connection with water and how it, how amazing it is, how, what, how we can demonstrate that we are creators, that we are these, uh, you know, gods having a human experience and God-like beings. How's that? Just Right. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, I didn't, I went to that and that was really good. That She's, Vita Austin, she's. She's going to be uh, somebody that is going to be very um, influential in the coming years. I have to check her out. Sounds interesting. Um, do you do you get experiences now since you've been back, or is it just like yeah. you're back to your regular life now? Just like just back to the no, old- yeah, no. I, what what I did was you know in 2013 or 14, I you know I started going down to the uh, jungle to central america and ended up with shamans and drank ayahuasca and a few times and but i found that um you know at some of these villages and stuff if you just follow the stillness and quietness in nature that you can get to the same place and um that's a really profound thing that people don't understand because we are like you said we're all buzzing out of control and yeah. what that that led to some really ridiculous circumstances. We can talk about those another time. Yeah, but it's this thing called Kundalini, where you you know this actually wakes up this energy actually wakes up in your body, and you reconnect with you know where we come from. Okay. So yeah, I'll I'll go sit in one of the chairs behind me, you know, later today, and close my eyes and it only takes a few seconds and the room is full of light beings and um, incredible bliss and colors and grids. Uh, you know, you hear this, we're in a simulation, we're in an illusion. Absolutely. We are. Um, and all the family that we've lost and our ancestors are all around us all the time. So I do want to say thank you, first of all, for you coming on here. Um, it's meant a lot. To all my subscribers watching, thank you for following. Please like, share, subscribe. But honestly, Bill, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And, thank you, Joe. Uh, thanks so much Likewise. for coming on.